In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, good morning. My name is Father Ben. I'm one of the rectors here at the table, and we are nearing the end of our little jaunt through Luke's gospel. That's what it's... Has it felt like a jaunt to you? Yes. It's felt very jaunty to me. Um, we are journeying with Jesus uh, on Sundays toward Jerusalem as he proclaims and enacts good news for the poor. And today's passage is the famous story of a wee little man who climbed up into a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see, if many of you will remember the children's song uh, about this passage. Here's the good news that we proclaim today, though, friends. In the midst of our tragic entanglements with systems of injustice, Jesus seeks us out, stays with us, and saves us. Right in the middle of our mess, liberating us from our bondage to mammon, and reconciling us to God and each other in embodied solidarity as we simply take the next step of faith. Jesus is coming to our house today, church. Let us receive him and allow him to reveal the path of salvation. Amen? Before this story in Luke's gospel, Jesus has been overturning everyone's assumptions about the kingdom of God. Who's in, who's out, who's included? who are the people that you thought would be included that apparently are finding themselves so far on the outside. Jesus is overturning a lot of these things, these assumptions that people had. And the pattern that's emerged so far in Luke's gospel is that the wealthy don't respond well to the kingdom, the message of the kingdom. That's the pattern. Who responds well? Well, the poor respond well. Tax collectors respond well. Sinners respond well. But those who lead, those who rule, not so much. Those who are wealthy, not so much. And so who do we have here? Zacchaeus, a wealthy ruler of sorts, who's also a tax collector and regarded by his community as a sinner. I think this is a brilliant move by Luke. Because just when we're ready to set up a new rule for who's in and who's out, Luke gives us this character who's bewildering in his intersectionality, if you will. He's all of the things, and so Luke's readers would be looking at him going, how is this guy going to respond to the gospel? We really have no idea. And it allows Luke to set up some things that are crucial for our understanding about what is happening in this story. So Luke here brilliantly pulls the rug out from under every formula by which people's status before God can be calculated. And it frustrates our tendency to try to divide the world up into one-dimensional good guys and bad guys. Zacchaeus, it says, was a chief tax collector, which is probably some sort of district manager of lower-level tax collectors. And he does this job for a cut of the stolen wealth that he is stealing from his countrymen. Zacchaeus is a Jewish name. And so Zacchaeus finds himself, Matt talked about this last week a little bit, but he finds himself caught between a rock and a hard place here, probably. He finds himself caught underneath a system of oppressive taxation and also the need to make a living and put food on the table for his household. In other words, Zacchaeus is a very normal person a lot like you and me, tangled up with systems of exploitation and injustice. 
in ways that he likely regrets. Nobody sets out to be hated by their community. But perhaps he doesn't see any other way around. But we find out in this passage that Zacchaeus is not content with this situation. He's not just sitting on his laurels, happy about it, because he's a man on a quest. We find out that he wants to see who Jesus is. The things that he's heard about Jesus perhaps have given him an inkling that maybe he holds some sort of key to a path of salvation for me. Maybe there's a way out of the bondage I find myself in. If I can just see who this man is as he passes through my town on his way to Jerusalem. And he goes to extraordinary lengths to fulfill this request, doing things which would be considered shameful for an adult male, much less a wealthy ruler, in that time, running ahead of the crowd, climbing up into a tree. He really, really wants to see who Jesus is. And Zacchaeus in his tree, hoping to see Jesus, finds himself seen by Jesus. He wasn't expecting that. Jesus calls him by name and tells him to get out of that tree immediately because it's imperative, it's necessary, it's very important that I come to your house today. Jesus is announcing his intention to forge a relationship with Zacchaeus in the context of the good news of the kingdom. Jesus is saying, we need to have a business meeting about the kingdom if you're willing. And Zacchaeus says, okay. He responds joyfully and says, I would love to receive you. I would love to talk about the kingdom. That's why I was looking to see if I could see who you were. So Zacchaeus accepts this invitation immediately and with joy and welcomes Zacchaeus into his home. And he's displaying this eager openness to the message of Jesus, which does not sit well with his community. It says that they grumbled, they muttered, that Jesus has honored this notorious sinner by sharing table fellowship with him. Jesus, this prophet who, from God who has been doing these miracles and announcing the kingdom's arrival, and he's only here for a little while, he's just passing through our town, and he's going to spend all his time with that guy, with this traitor who fleeces us on Rome's behalf? I've heard he heals the sick. Why not do some of that? I've heard he multiplies food. Why not do some of that? But he's hobnobbing with a rich man, a wealthy tax collector. But friends, that's the good news. Even when we're tangled up like Zacchaeus in systems of injustice, Jesus seeks us out. Jesus stays with us right in the middle of our mess, and he saves us. He liberates us from our bondage to mammon and reconciles us to God and each other in embodied solidarity as we simply take the next step of faith. Jesus is coming to our house today, beloved. Let's make room for him to work salvation among us. So Jesus is there with Zacchaeus, and something remarkable happens. As Jesus is staying with Zacchaeus, just being with him in the middle of the mess that Zacchaeus has made of his own life, Zacchaeus announces to Jesus, Lord, half of my possessions I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone, I pay back four times as much. What's happening here is that Zacchaeus is responding to the presence of Jesus in a way that indicates he understands something about how the kingdom of God is connected with justice, 
with economic justice. He realizes that salvation is not a private thing that he maybe can obtain by doing the right activities, but salvation involves material solidarity with his community. And so it involves what he does with the wealth that he has. It involves a responsibility to promote the common good of his community. So this, these actions here, this is important, these actions aren't just about Zacchaeus' personal piety. This is not him saying, I'm going to perform this action and virtue will be credited to me because I have performed this action. He is performing these actions as a way of enlarging the circle of his consideration and his kin to include the poor, to include those who cannot reciprocate. He realizes that his salvation is bound up with his community's flourishing, and so he releases the wealth toward that end, for that purpose. His repentance here is an act of reparation that forges an embodied solidarity with those that he has exploited and harmed. Zacchaeus has heard the good news of the kingdom, and he's responded with a concrete step of faith. Now, in our class this morning, someone mentioned that this seems like a really big step. Half of my wealth, paying back four times as much. But you could also argue that it's half as much as Jesus asked the rich ruler to do just a few verses before. And so I think what we're seeing here is just Zacchaeus responding to the good news of the presence of Jesus and the message of the kingdom by doing something. The first thing that occurs to him, <laughs> it just pops into his head and he says, look, I'm just going to do this. And Jesus says, you know what? That's fine. That's good enough. That smells like salvation. Because you are hearing the good news and taking a step. You're just responding. Maybe there'll be more tomorrow. Who knows? Maybe Zacchaeus eventually has to give up being a tax collector. I don't know. Maybe he's going to give away more of his wealth. Maybe there's other things that are going to be a response of faith down the road for Zacchaeus. But today, his response is just to do this. And Jesus says, that's it. You're doing it. You're engaging with the good news and you're responding. And so salvation has come to this house. Because he too is a son of Abraham, which notice he goes to the third person here. So he's also speaking to the townspeople who were upset by this and hated Zacchaeus. And he's speaking to them and saying, he too is a son of Abraham. Look at what he's doing. Will you forgive? Will you accept? Will you be reconciled? It's a tough word. But Zacchaeus here, even though his response is probably imperfect, it's not doing everything he can. He's not dismantled any systems of injustice here. But he has responded by taking a step of faith. It's an impractical, or sorry, it's an imperfect step. It's a very practical step. It's imperfect and it's provisional, but that's a step and that's all that's needed. He's heard the good news. He's responded with this step of economic justice, embodied solidarity, and it opens up this possibility of reconciliation with his community, which shows that he is a child of Abraham, the father of faith. If you know anything about Abraham, you know he wasn't like a paragon of virtue. But what did he do? He responded to God. That's faith, just responding, responding to God. So Zacchaeus, 
ends up in this story then, just like so many others in Luke's gospel, he becomes yet another social outcast that Jesus points to as someone that we can learn a lot from about the kingdom. Here again as a social outcast who teaches us what it means to belong in God's kingdom. At the beginning of this very short story, Zacchaeus is on a quest seeking Jesus. But at the end, we discover that Jesus was seeking Zacchaeus to bring salvation to him. So brothers and sisters, no matter how deep our complicity seems to us, this is one of the things we talked about back in Lent when we did our series on mammon, that we're bound up, we're caught in these systems that we can't extricate ourselves from. But the good news today is that no matter how deep that complicity seems, we're never outside the reach of God's grace. We can always respond by just simply taking the next step of faith. An imperfect step, maybe, but it's a step of faith. It's good enough. This is what we hear through Isaiah the prophet, who has a lot of things to say about how Israel is being unfaithful. But at the end, it's like, hey, think about it. All you've got to do is repent. Just turn, and I'll forgive. The psalmist as well rejoices. God, I just confessed my transgressions, and God forgave the guilt of my sin. What took me so long? What was I afraid of? There's grace all the way down, beloved, all the way down. In the midst of our tragic entanglements with systems of injustice, brothers and sisters, Jesus seeks us out and stays with us in the middle of our mess and saves us, liberates us from our bondage to mammon and reconciles us to each other and to God in embodied solidarity as we simply take the next step of faith. Jesus is coming to our house today, church, so let's make room for him to work salvation among us. What kind of predicament do you find yourself in today? Where are you aware of these seemingly unresolvable entanglements with injustice, with mammon? Maybe you work for a company or an industry that makes morally dubious decisions. Maybe you're aware that the clothes, the, the only clothes that you can afford are, afford are inexpensive because they're made by exploiting the poor in far off lands. Maybe you're earning money from a 401k that invests in industries that are destroying the planet and engaged in war profiteering. Just like Zacchaeus, we find ourselves both perpetuating these systems because of our participation in them, but also victims of them because we see no other way to put food on the table oftentimes. We don't like to think about these things because it feels like such a big problem. We feel powerless to do anything about it. It's easier to just focus on my personal piety, my spiritual disciplines. But this is the path of salvation, to reckon with this, beloved. This is what Jesus says to us and what Zacchaeus shows us, is to reckon with this is the path of salvation. To learn to be at home in God's kingdom, we need to learn how to reckon with the ways that we participate in injustice. And just take a step of faith. It's not perfect. But just take a step. As Deb proclaimed to us a few weeks ago, faith is simply engagement with God. It's just engaging. So all that's required in this moment is for us to open the door, let Jesus come into the mess by naming that mess in Jesus' presence in prayer, which is what we're going to do here in a second, and opening ourselves to take the next step as Jesus reveals the path of salvation before us.
Beloved, in the midst of these tragic entanglements we have with systems of injustice, Jesus is seeking us out. Jesus is staying with us in the middle of our mess and saving us, liberating us from our bondage to mammon and reconciling us to God and each other in embodied solidarity as we take the next step of faith. Jesus is coming to the house, so let's let him in and allow him to work salvation among us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.